0: Welcome to Stories of Iceland. I have started to accept donations from my listeners through Patreon and PayPal. I have some work to do on my Patreon site, but you can still donate there. I would like to do the episodes more regularly and more frequently, but they are a lot of work to write and record, so some incentive from you would help a lot. Even before this announcement, I got a donation from Kimberly Maleka which made me happy and got me to finish this episode. You can find me on Patreon by searching for Stories of Iceland, and there is a PayPal link on storiesoficeland.com. But this is the eighth episode, and it's called Ragnar Pants and the Sagas. Iceland is in the North Atlantic. Its capital city is Reykjavík. Iceland's main contribution to world literature is in the form of sagas and poems that were written down in the late Middle Ages. The most famous of these are the Icelandic sagas, which are quasi-historical accounts of the settlers of Iceland, and the epic poetry that recount the tales of the Norse gods. But there are other sagas and other poems that relate to us the legends of the pre-Christian heroes of the Germanic people of Northern Europe. One of the most famous of these is the saga of Ragnar Lodbrok, whose epithet means fairy pants. You can also read about him in the greatly embellished history of Denmark by the 13th century scholar Saxo Grammaticus. You might also have seen Ragnar on TV. He is the main character in the television series Vikings, but if you only know him from there, then you know very little of his legend. Ragnar is said to have been the son of Seur Ríngur, or Seurd Ríng, who was the king of Sweden and Denmark. Sigurðr had been a sub-king of Haraldur Hildeton, Harald. War the king of Denmark. Haraldur had a problem. He was getting old and the odds of dying in battle and thus being admitted into Valhalla were pretty slim. So he orchestrated his final battle. Haraldur controlled one side and Seur Ringur the other. In the end, the odds were fixed and Haraldur War Tooth wanted to die and succeeded. The Battle of Brávetlid is supposed to have been an epic battle where all of the heroes of the day, including Starka, the old who deserves a whole episode to himself, came together and fought alongside and against Norwegians, Slavs, Finns, Estonians, Kuronians, Bjarmians, Livonians, Saxons, Angles, Frisians, the Rus, and, most impressively, Icelanders. You might ask why I am so impressed by my countrymen showing up to fight in this epic battle, since you probably don't even know many of the nationalities I listed. Well, this information is from Saxo Grammaticus, who lists men from Midfjörður and Skágafjörður, which are, if you remember that Iceland looks like a sheep, fjords on the back, closer to the head than the tail. This really does show how much he loved Iceland, which he actually called Túle, because the Battle of Brauadler is supposed to have occurred in the middle of the 8th century, long before anyone settled in Iceland. This gives us an idea of how historical these accounts are, and we should note that the sagas don't always agree with what Saxo Grammaticus says, and don't even agree with each other on many things. So, even though Ragnar is called the son of King Sigurd Shinkur, his genealogy gets really confused when we try to trace it back to earlier generations. Let's start with the version from Saxo. His writings say that Ragnar was the grandson of the king of Norway, who was called Sivart. As you might have noticed, the kings of Denmark, Sweden and Norway were keen on killing each other. So was the case of Sivart, who was killed by Fro, the king of Sweden. But Fro was especially nasty since he put the wives of Sivart's kinsfolk in bonds in a brothel. Ragnar, who was not yet called Lodbrok, went to Norway to avenge his grandfather and free the women. When Ragnar came to Norway, the women fled to his camp dressed in men's clothes and vowed to fight their tormentors alongside him. As Saxo wrote, "'Among them was Lalgela, a skilled Amazon who, though a maiden, had the courage of man and fought in front among the bravest with her hair loose over her shoulders.' all marveled at her matchless deeds for her locks flying down her back betrayed that she was a woman ragnar fell in love with hladger and had two daughters and a son with her before i get to the saga of ragnar lodbrok i want to mention a different saga called the saga of Bosi and Harudr, which is a kind of unauthorized prequel And is famous for its sexual content, which has been called pornographic, but is, by today's standards, more funny than arousing. It is infamous enough that the name of the hero, Bose has become the Icelandic word for womanizer. In the saga, Bose and his friend Herreðr go about adventuring and searching for an egg. When they visit various farms, Bosi tells the farmer's daughters stories about an inexperienced earl that needs to harden himself and a stallion that needs a drink of wine. The friends finally find the egg and Herreudur takes it back to Sweden where he became an earl. The egg eventually hatches and out crawled the little worm. Herreudur had a daughter who was called Thora Borgathustur Thora stag of the castle. I actually have no idea how she got the name. There is a tradition in the Nordic countries to give a child gift when it gets its first tooth. For some reason Herr thought it would be a good idea to give his daughter the little worm in what we call tooth money. There may have been some cuteness factor there that we don't understand." This is the end of the prequel saga and also the start of the saga of Ragnar Lodbrok. The saga of Ragnar doesn't mention the first wife at all. It starts with the gift of the worm. Unlike most of us, Thora was happy with the worm and decided to give him a bit of gold to lay on. While he laid on the gold, he began to grow. And the gold grew with him. If this sounds familiar, then you may realize that the worms are dragons of the north. They don't fly, but they do like gold. This dragon didn't breathe fire, but it did spit poison. It grew so large that he encircled the house he shared with Thora. The worm killed anyone who approached him, except Thora, and the servant, who every day brought him a whole ox to eat. Earl Herder was not happy with this, and even though he didn't have access to the folktale collection of the brothers Grimm, he somehow got the idea to award anyone who killed the worm with his daughter's hand in marriage, and also the gold that the worm was laying on. So Ragnar heard this story and was quite interested. He made himself some funny clothes, a coat, and a pair of pants made of fur. He then used tar and sand to make them tougher. Ragnar then made his way to Sweden, and by the cover of night, he attacked the worm with his spear. When Ragnar landed a fatal wound, a stream of poisonous blood spewed out of the worm, but Ragnar was protected by his furry clothes and his shield. His spear broke, and the tip was left in the wound. Aragnar then left, but took the shaft of the spear with him. You might see where this is going. Later, Aragnar returned and attended an assembly, or thing, where Earl Herröður proclaimed that a man whose spear shaft fit the spear tip can claim his daughter and the gold. Finally, the earl came to Aragnar and, like the shoe which fits Cinderella's foot, the tip fits on Ragnar's shaft. After this, Ragnar is called Lodbrok, which means furry pants. It should be noted that this is an epithet and not a family name. Ragnar and Thora had two sons, Erikur and Agnar, but the marriage was short lived. Thora got sick and died, and Ragnar became heartsick, left his kingdom for another man to rule, and went off to use violence as a healing method. On his travel, he heard of a girl called Krauka, or Crow. For some reason, Ragnar decided to be clever and send a riddle for her to solve if she wanted to meet him. She should neither be clothed or naked, neither full or with an empty stomach, neither on her own or with any person. So Krauka came to Ragnar wrapped in a fishing net and using her hair to cover her nakedness. She proclaims to have a single onion, so she has eaten, though she isn't full, and has a dog by her side, so she is neither alone or with any person. Ragnar was impressed by her, either because of her wisdom or her 1980s fashion sense. They battled with words, but Ragnar convinced her to stay, and they lived happily ever after. Sort of. They had three sons. The oldest was Ivar, who's said to have been born with cartilage instead of bones. He had no use of his legs, but he could still fight, and was the largest, wisest, and the most beautiful of men. The second son was Björn, the third Kvitserkur, and the fourth Rökvaldr. At the time there was a famous king of Sweden called Eisdain, he had a cow which led his forces in battle and was so ferocious that his enemies went mad and fought each other when they heard her. Yes, this is weird, wild stuff. But Ace didn't had a daughter and wanted Ragnar as his son in law. So he invited Ragnar to a feast, and there Ragnar's own people began to tell him that he should not be married to a commoner like Krauka but rather a princess. Ragnar fell for this and became engaged to marry the princess. When Ragnar returned to Krauka, she had already heard about the engagement, so she asked him if he had any news for her. Ragnar said he had no news, even when she repeated the question, so Krauka told him what she knew. But she also revealed that she was, in fact, not a commoner but a daughter of the most famous power couple in ancient Scandinavia, Sewardr the dragon slayer and Breinhildur, the shield maiden. Ragnar was not convinced, but Krauka, who was actually called Auslug, said she would have one more son, and that he would be marked by a worm in his eye to show that she had told the truth. Her prophecy came true, and their fifth son became known as Seurður Ormur i Öga, or Seurður Worm in the Eye. The Swedish king was unhappy that Ragnar didn't marry his daughter, and the two oldest sons of Ragnar, Eirikur and Ragnar, decided to invade Sweden. But the Swedish king had the mad cow Sibylla on his side, so even these magnificent warriors couldn't defeat her. Aknar was killed, and Erikr was captured, and then killed, after he refused to marry the princess himself. When Ausla Krauka was told that her stepsons had been killed, she shed her first and only tear. It was red as blood and hard as a piece of hail. Her older sons had become warriors, and when they returned, excluding Nurekvaltur, who had died in battle, she told them that their brothers had died and they should avenge them. Ivar the boneless was wise and cautious and reminded them that the mad cow was pretty hardcore. After a bit of poetry, Auslug told Ivar he would never be really great if he didn't go. The youngest son, Seur Wormini, was only three years old and proclaimed that he would go to Sweden with his mother. Feeling a bit emasculated by their mother and younger brother, the other sons decided to go as well. When they got to Sweden, they burnt everything and killed everyone. When the Swedish king heard of their invasion, he massed a force and his lovely cow to meet them in battle. When he fought, Ivar sat on a shield carried by four men. He had a bow that was so strong that no one else could shoot it. When they heard the cow had been set loose, Ivar told his troops that they should make as much noise as they could, but at the same time told his porters that they should get him as close to the cow as they could. When he got close enough, Ivar shot an arrow that hit the cow straight in the eye. He then told his porters to throw him at the cow. By some magic, Ívar seemed light as a child when he flew through the air, but when he landed on the mad cow, he broke every bone in her body. So the battle was won, and the cow and the king had been killed. The sons of Ragnar went on to further glory. They headed south, conquered many cities, and wanted to go all the way to Rome. But on the way they met an old man and asked him how far it was to Rome the old man pointed to his worn-out shoes that he had on his feet and another pair he carried on his back he claimed that when he had left rome the shoes had been brand new the sons of ragnar fell for this ploy and never conquered rome but now ragnar heard of his sons achievements he wanted more glory for himself so he set sail for england with only two ships his wife, Oslo Krauka, told him that it was unwise to go with so few men. He didn't listen. So Ragnar went to battle with Ella, the king of Northumbria, and lost. The king had ordered that Ragnar should be captured but not killed because he feared the vengeance of his sons. But when Ragnar was captured after the battle, no one knew who he was. They tried to make him speak and reveal who he was. In the end, they threw him into a pit of worms. When the worms had started torturing him, Ragnar did what anyone in his position would do. He composed a bit of poetry. I'm going to indulge myself and read this in Icelandic gnida du ef galtar vissi. Mér er galtar hy vissi mier kunotta granti, grava in rum sinum o hardlega kváta o hava mitt sogit ormar num knårat bragdi o knær tír deya in short he said that the little piglets meaning his sons would squeal if they knew that the hog was being tortured by snakes and was going to die surrounded by animals. As Ragnar died, King Ella realized who he had killed and decided to send the news himself to the sons of Ragnar. When the news got to the brothers, Björn was silent and gripped his spear so hard that it first showed the mark of his hands and then broke. Kvitserkur held a chess piece and squeezed it so hard that the blood began to flow from under his fingernails. Seur the worm in the eye had been cutting his fingernails with a knife and was so shaken that he cut all the way to the bone. But Ivar kept asking questions and became so pale and so bloated that his skin showed the anger which his heart felt. The sons of Ragnar gathered a large army and invaded England the captured king Ella, and killed with the most horrible torture known to northern men, the blood eagle. I will not describe it here, and I don't really encourage you to search for the description yourselves. The sons of Ragnar then split their vast kingdoms between themselves, with Ivar becoming the king of England. This fact is usually omitted from history books, just because it is untrue. Well, that's it for today. Please visit storiesoficeland.com for extra content and information. Also, take a look at my Patreon site, patreon.com slash storiesoficeland. My goal is to add extra material there. I have a poll up now about what subjects interest my listeners the most. I am Olafur Sölviason, and this has been Stories of Iceland, episode eight, Ragnar Furipant and the Sagas. Lautið gudlir vel.